What does it look like when Godzilla meets Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Today on Calm Talk, we're going to talk about that. Glicks, what is going on? We are receiving a signal from a new area on the planet Geekery. All right, let's see what the planet has for us today. Opening forms in three, two, one. Hello, Devoted Geeks, and welcome to Contact, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, a show from Devoted Geeks who are devoted to letting you know that you are loved. I'm Dallas, and this is episode 128 of Com Talk, and I'm super excited because we're talking about not just a couple of my favorite topics, but I'm doing it with some of my favorite people. Starting off with me, I have Nathan Marchant of 6,000 different podcasts. Nathan, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> uh, Dallas, Dallas, I'm, I'm a little confused. Uh, yes. Which, which podcast am I on? What, which uh, podcast is... am I representing today? Because I, I don't know if I need to be in kayfabe or not. You you need to... Cause, You're on cause all the of thing, them. Because, the, yeah, it... You fall into a multiverse of madness. I, uh, I have, because <laughs> this is applicable to all of my podcasts. Because it's got so the... Godzilla and Kaiju. It's got Power Rangers. It's technically got Henshin Heroes. I My, my brain is exploding. It doesn't quite understand <laughs> how to process this. I don't know what to do. It's kind of like the old family dog that was half black lab, half hound, and it saw a <laughs> wild turkey and didn't know if it needed to chase it like a hound and bark at it or sit there and right. be quiet like a Labrador and wait for the hunter <laughs> to shoot it so its little brain just exploded. That's how I feel right now. Wow, that got dark quick. So, yeah. All right. Well, if you die, just do it quietly in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you wish death upon me? What did I ever I do to you? I wish it on you, but you're worried about your head blowing up over here. So, like so we got scanners, You just get just. <laughs> Now, Nathan, you're from Monster Island Film Vault, Power Trip, and Henshin Men, right? Yes. Those are the three you do normally? Yes. And you're a writer for the magazine called Kaiju Ramen. Uh, Kaiju Ramen. So you do quite a bit in a lot of the spaces that this um, this comic book kind of involved. So I'm excited to get your perspective on it. Yeah, basically, it's it's in the purview of everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> it is. All right. So also joining us is the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Drew G. George from the Cellcast. Drew, Actually, how you doing, buddy? G. George is short for gargling, George, but we'll just leave that aside. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. So you're the guy who left Power Trip for review? Yeah, I, I think talked, I did. We talked about that in our latest recording. <laughs> how you can't spell? No, I can't spell on the phone. Ah, okay, a, but it's morphine time. So it's I was trying to say more phenomenal, but anyway, know, but it came out morphine. So I had wow. a bad feeling, but I didn't double check. That sounds like a real relaxed time. So Drew, you're from the Silcast. Yes. Uh, which actually, is, I actually feel like compared to Nathan, I have less reason to be here because I'm just a fan <laughs> of this because there is no animation in this whatsoever. It's just, I love, I love, I love giant monsters fighting giant robots and, randomly five teenagers six teenagers with attitude showing up to to, <laughs> to fight him and of course someone with a headache talking about oh we're gonna take him over you know that sort of thing <laughs> right <laughs> well i'm super excited to have you guys on here we're gonna be getting into this conversation about a, a, a very interesting comic book that came out by boom studios called godzilla it's idw too IDW, yeah, right both. boom studios got idw godzilla versus mighty Morphin power rangers which is uh, guys, these are my childhood in a various degrees. 
And so <laughs> before we jump into it, I would like for us to start off with the conversation talking about like what is our connections to Godzilla and Power Rangers? Like how are we first introduced to the two properties and what do they mean to us uh, personally? Um, we'll start with Nathan. Now, Nathan, we know you do a lot of podcasts uh, around these things, but Ben, what was your introduction to Godzilla? My introduction to Godzilla, how much time you got? Uh, <laughs> uh, my introduction to Godzilla was actually a little bit later, apparently, compared to when a lot of my colleagues in the kaiju podcasting community were introduced. They, they mm -hmm. got introduced much younger. I was, I think I want to say it was probably around middle school, maybe the freshman year. And mm -hmm. it was visiting my grandmother who had cable TV. Nice. And she had, uh, I, you know, I live in Indiana. So one of the stations that she had was WGN, which was at the time a, well, uh, a, an independently owned television station based out of Chicago. Well, some of the cable providers in Northern Indiana would carry that as part of their cable package. So I right. was there one weekend watching it and they were doing a thing called, Oh my Godzilla weekend. <laughs> So you expect a lot of those today. <laughs> and and you know, so I, I caught part of, uh, so I caught part of whatever movie it was that they were showing. It was terror of Mechagodzilla, but I only got to see the second half of it. And it was enough to pique my interest and to start looking into it. And then I started, uh, and before that I had seen the trend masters toy sitting on shelves at Walmart and they all looked really cool. So I started collecting the films at that point. And you're just tracking down as many of them as I could, always finding out that there's more of them because there's a lot of these movies <laughs> and there's only been more ever since. So I, I just started me down this rabbit hole of discovery and <laughs> look at me now. I'm podcasting about it. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. Drew, how about you, man? What was your exposure to Godzilla? How did you come in contact with him? Uh, the first time I would have gotten in contact with Godzilla would have to have been when I was in junior high. We were in Dallas, Texas. We I gotta be specific since there's a Dallas on the on the show. Uh, <laughs> and you're two hours Dallas, away Texas. from both of them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was in we were in Dallas for uh, my dad was on a, a business trip. It was in the middle of the summer. I would have been in junior high at the time. And so we spent the week in the hotel that he was, you know, staying in. And they had Cartoon Network. Oh, and one day I know I'm, I had to have caught the original Hanna-Barbera Godzilla cartoon <laughs> while it was being wow. broadcast just oh, randomly in the depths, 30 stories high, high breathing Think fire, his head in the, in the sky. sky, Godzilla. Yeah, that was the first time I think I ran into Godzilla, uh, outside of just, you know, random knowledge that, you know, I, I was, I knew when I watched Power Rangers that, uh, Dragon Zord was Godzilla, even though I didn't know who Godzilla really was. <laughs> Mecha at that Godzilla. Point. I knew that. <laughs> but um, but then uh, I did. I don't think I tried to watch another Godzilla thing until really twenty third when the when the twenty fourteen movie was coming out in theaters. Oh yeah, and it's like, oh, this is a Godzilla movie. I enjoy this sort of thing because you know I like Power Rangers. I like you know the stuff. I owe it to myself to see what at least a good america i, I knew the 98 <laughs> would stay away from at the time but, wait, but the cartoon series is good 
the curtain this is my thought process at the time not my thought process now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the cartoon but, series uh, is good i, I just had you on for that the movie looks like and so i went and saw that and i kind of been hooked on godzilla since then though yes. i did not dive deep into it until about two well the beginning of 2020 i guess when yeah. uh the the criteria the big box set of it came yeah. out criteria yeah that's a good set. I got that set, Criterion. actually. I can think of that name. So <laughs> so for me, Godzilla, I came in contact with Godzilla when I was um, a young kid. I remember, like, it was just always on television for some reason, whatever channels that were I had as a kid. And it was always the old Godzilla. And um, never saw the Hanna Barbera one until years and years later. But I do know that for me personally, uh, it was one of those things always in the background for me in my psyche growing up of this giant monster who who smashed cities and did different things. But there was something majestic about it. Like you're like, you, you just cheered for Godzilla for whatever reason. So that was kind of my exposure. It was just it was just always on. And I didn't really get deep into Godzilla probably until probably about the same time as as you drew when the the movies were coming out the the modern american movies came were coming well, out well it, it's it's funny dallas you and i met because of godzilla <laughs> we did we did meet because of godzilla so because <laughs> you were doing what was it king of the monsters month i was doing king of the monsters Month. 2017 yeah. feels so yeah. long ago now <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right so that's kind of where I've been with Godzilla. So what about Power Rangers? Like, how did you guys get exposed to Power Rangers? What's your, why do you love Power Rangers if you love Power Rangers? How about you, uh, Nathan? Power Rangers is actually something that I was exposed to before Godzilla, to be honest. Uh, uh -huh. I was, I guess, kind of around the right age for Power Rangers, but all kind of on the upper end of the age for Power mm -hmm. Rangers. Because I do remember when Mighty Morphin started. I can even tell you what was the first episode I ever saw. And... It was a little shocking because it, it was weird, <laughs> even by Power Ranger standards. It was the one with Terror Toad. Does anyone remember Terror Toad? Oh yes, it's been so yes. long. I don't quite remember. And he's the one with a with a really long tongue, and he would literally swallow the Rangers whole, and then their face would appear on his belly. Yeah, that was oh, weird. Yeah, that was like really the monster on Doctor Who. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let's uh, the less said about that Doctor Who monster, the better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the less said about that episode, the better. <laughs> Hey, man, that was a child's dream. It was a nightmare, but it was a child's dream. Yeah. <laughs> Nightmares are technically dreams. Yeah. Opinions. Anyway, <laughs> so, so I saw that. I watched it for a little while, but then I, I probably would have kept up with it. I've told this story before. I probably would have kept up with it, but all of the hoopla and controversy surrounding it about the, the level of violence and the, all of the other stuff, the satanic, the vestiges of the satanic panic and all of that kind of right. got to my parents when it came to that. And oh, man. so I, I kind of, I basically just dropped it after that. And uh, my, my interest shifted elsewhere. And, but I did catch, check up on it on occasion to, mm -hmm. you know, to, see what was going on i had friends who were still into it so i heard a lot about what was going on on the show and sometimes i was just like really that happened right. <laughs> they were telling me <laughs> and and for the most part you know i would check out some content creators who would talk about it and it actually sounded kind of interesting i saw some youtube essays that went into it. I was like you know apparently this stuff was actually more interesting than i remember it being and probably was better than a lot of people give it credit for Right. And then I blamed my co-host on the power trip, Michael Hamilton, 
for for this uh, i actually then started rediscovering power rangers in 2020 right be on his suggestion a little bit because michael was rediscovering it because he was mm-hmm. more into it than uh, as a kid than i was right and if for those who don't know about the Monster Island Film Vault, not only is it you know, academic film appreciation about things like tokusatsu, that's the technical term for things like, you know, Jap- for a lot of live action special effects driven Japanese media. Right. And uh, so, uh, but one of the other aspects of it is that it's also got audio drama segments in it. It's weird how that all happened. That's a story for another day. <laughs> but I was brainstorming a bit with michael and i just said hey i want to have a character who come who's on monster island who's in charge of pr and the board of directors were basically the villains at the time on the show and they're the ones in charge of the island so i wanted to be somebody who might be kind of villainous but not quite and he said oh how about astronoma i'm like oh astronoma i kind of remember her well i guess i better watch the show for a little bit so i know how to write this character and I am a full now a full-fledged astronomer fanboy. <laughs> and then I started going back and watching some of the other stuff. And now Michael is dragging me along on the the power trip, literally the power trip. So <laughs> I am so now awesome. watching more of this than I ever intended on. As I told myself a few years ago, there are three major franchises of Tokusatsu superheroes. It's Ultraman, Super Sentai slash Power Rangers, and common writer and i said i knowing me i'm gonna go nuts with i could potentially go nuts with all of these i do not have enough time in my life <laughs> to dedicate to it <laughs> so i was like i'm just gonna pick one to deep dive and i'll dabble in the other so i picked ultraman but now i've been sucked into power rangers so nice nice <laughs> so all it right. goes all right so drew how about you man how did you uh discover power rangers what's its connection to you rewind back to the age of seven (laughs) because i was of age or maybe just barely of age in all honesty that sounds Um, awful out of context just (laughs) of the age of where power rangers was aimed at me i'll say um aimed at my age group um i can tell you the exact episode that was my first one because it was green with evil Oh, wow. that's an interesting place. I to came start. in on a good one. It's, I have that's like no memories time. outside of Day of the Dumpster prior to that, but uh, uh, of any of the episodes. So that's so that's that's where I came into it. I watched uh, Mighty Morphin seasons one and two. I started f- a little falling off in going into season three. I know I didn't watch any of Alien Rangers. <laughs> Zio, I was off and on. Turbo, I watched the movie. I hated, I, I did not like Justin because I don't know of many people who actually like that character. <laughs> you and I, I, we have an understanding. Yes. We have I a think mutual re- disdain for Turbo. I wa- I don't have a disdain for Turbo. It's just, that's just an odd segue <laughs> for, for the show to move in. And I can tell you, I know I watched the crossover with t- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for in space, the beginning of yeah. in space and i know i remember seeing masked rider and i remember watching masked rider as a kid and actually enjoying <sighs> masked rider as a kid but i can't tell you anything about masked rider uh uh-huh. happened in that it show. is terrible <laughs> well yes but i know i enjoyed it as a kid because but as a kid i had terrible taste <laughs> 
I'll be honest about this. And then um, I I fell off after that crossover. So I never, I have yet to actually watch In Space just because you should. of time. Well, I have this horrible thing where I have to watch what came before it before I watch that. Otherwise, I feel like I'm lost. So... Yeah, it's not going to happen anytime soon, even though I've got all these on DVD. <laughs> but uh, I, I did fell off for a long while until I was like deep in high school and I had to stay home sick one day because I just uh, just because of, you know, I was, I was sick. And I happened to be on on a. Well, it was then Fox Family Channel. I don't think it turned into ABC Family yet. And they were showing an, a specific episode of Wild Force called Forever Red. And that got my geek heart pumping for the show <laughs> again. And then I kind of stayed with Power Rangers off and on as much as I could until uh, uh, SPD finished. I tried to get into Mystic Force, couldn't get into the rap song opening, <laughs> and then fell off. Again, oh, until I thought that Samurai. was Operation Overdrive that had the rap song. No, Mystic Force is the first one with the rap, or maybe it was more hip hop. It was just not yeah. classic hard rock that I'm used to. Operation, yeah, Operation Overdrive has a rap song, and I don't like it. I would, I would <laughs> admit that's that uh, corner of the music world. I don't know where the lines are <laughs> between different genres, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I watched when Samurai came out. I watched Samurai and Super Samurai. I hate that they use those terminologies. <laughs> I was enjoying Megaforce. I actually enjoyed all of Megaforce, to be honest, until it went to Super Megaforce. Oh, what and then a title. Gosh, that title. And then, and then I got mad at it. And in this time period, I have to admit... Because I had heard what was coming up in Super Mega Force where they were going, mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I bet you on YouTube somewhere they've got uh, subtitled versions of the original show somewhere. The Super Sentai. The, the Super Sentai, yeah. And I watched Gokaiger like all the way through <laughs> on YouTube. And I kind of got into Super Sentai for a long time, and I haven't watched Power Rangers since then, but I still have, I've gone back and read the comics and enjoyed those. Right. Mm -hmm. Super Sentai seems seen to be a lot more interesting to me at times. Like, it seems yeah. to be a lot more of an adult type of series. It, yeah. it depends on which one you're talking about here. The, some of the times they may, admittedly make a little more sense looking at you, Car Ranger, although I haven't quite, <laughs> I haven't watched you, uh, that one a whole lot yet. Something else I, I, I should probably mention. Car Ranger. Uh, yeah. Something else I should mention on the Power Rangers front. I, I talked about adding Astronema to the film vault. I, I feel so terrible. Dallas forgot to mention your wife voices the character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a connection there. And yeah. also, I should bring this up as well. There is a popular audio drama of based on Power Rangers. It's a fan-made project. I'm actually friends now with the creator of it. He also has a Star Trek and X-Men audio drama. And nice. he did an and he did an audio drama adaptation of the Long Halloween. Oh wow! Yeah, very cool. And, and another connection because me and Dallas reviewed that one on the yeah, Cellcast. Yeah, <laughs> the, anima the animated version. Yeah, and yes. uh, I just I, he does open auditions sometimes for the audio drama, and I auditioned, and I uh, I'm in the what currently is the newest episode. I have a couple of bit parts, 
And then cool. I won't say more than this, but I have a major role in the season finale that as of this recording will be out in less than a week. Nice. Very nice. cool, man. Looking forward That's to exciting. that. Mm-hmm. Cool beans. So, all right. Well, for me, Power Rangers, um, I, I watched Power Rangers for the first time on August 28th in 1993, which is when it premiered. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it, for some reason, like it was like there was an afternoon evening premiere of it. And uh, I watched it with my family and I was hooked right away. Uh, I watched Day of the Dumpster and I watched it religiously almost all the way through um, um, probably my freshman year of high school because i i could uh it was before they they transitioned over to abc family and i don't have cable um it was funny because um right around my freshman year of high school that's when they had um the fox kids had that other show the uh, mystic knights mystic knights of karen and oak yeah Yeah. so when you guys talk about mystic force i had friends talking about the mystic force was like that wasn't Power Rangers. That that Mystic Knights. We talking about? I had them confused. They're like they're mm. merging in my head. That was made by Saban. It was meant to tap into the Power Rangers Super Sentai tropes, but it was completely original. Actually, yeah. oh really? That's yeah. interesting. It, it was that was I, completely made by Saban, and part of the reason it didn't last long is because it was freakishly expensive. Because they filmed that on location. No, in the UK. Very cool. I, I should say I also watched back in the day Big Bad Beetleborg. Yes, my man. That was a fun show. Yeah, Saban, I love that show. After they had a hit on their hands with Power Rangers, they kept bringing other shows over. And then that was uh, so they had Big Bad Beetleborgs, which was based on yeah. uh, a, a uh, franchise Metal that ran Heroes. a event called Metal Heroes. Yeah. And uh, they also had the VR guys. V, yeah. <laughs> VR Troopers was another Metal Hero yeah. show mm-hmm. that, 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 Cyber, that uh, the Cyborg mm-hmm. Samurai show. Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Yes. That was not that, Saban. I didn't see that, and it went, that wasn't Saban, and it wasn't based on a Toei show. That was Deke, and it was based on a series called Gridman that was made yes. by Subaraya Productions that famously made Ultraman. Hence why think, Gridman slash Servo looks like Ultraman. Well, isn't technically Gridman part of the... Uh, Ultraman universe. Technically, I feel like there is a crossover mm, there. At there's some probably point a crossover. I'd have animes. to dig around, but I, they're considered to be two separate things, despite their ah. visual similarities. Yeah. I did do an episode on Gridman on a Gridman episode several uh, of sometime last year. It might have been for Anime April. And um, oh, you're talking about the was, anime version. Yes, the SSSS Gridman. Yes. Yeah. 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 That so, one's but, uh, that one's a little. Apparently, different. they only had an S stencil. <laughs> <laughs> so but anyways i grew up with all these things like i i watched beta borgs i watched uh super samurai uh superhuman samurai i watched vr troopers i have a a love for this this trope of heroes coming together doing their stuff very much the voltron type of mindset because mm-hmm. i grew up with voltron also mm-hmm. now, uh, voltron owes a lot to it the, uh, to tokusatsu in a lot of ways oh, yeah. combining robots and the heroes and totally. multicolor costumes the difference is that voltron if I, if I remember correctly they don't transform that's the distinction well they well they do they there's five lions that form, come together no no, form no no i mean the, 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 the heroes the heroes now yeah the oh, heroes no, no. don't transform because that's no no 
Because when you hear, when we talked about my show Henshin Men, Henshin is Japanese for transform. And you well, know, in Power Rangers, it's more definition So transform. I mean, they go, they do like Batman and Robin and in the freaking 1960s where they go down a pole and all of a sudden they're in uniform. There's something <laughs> magical happening in that situation. Well, I mean, that's similar to how the, the original Sentai show did it. So. Power Ranger, <laughs> which you can know. <laughs> I'm referring to Go Ranger. That's why I just said Go Ranger. Oh, I the thought you said Car Ranger. My bad. No, 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 no. It's Go Ranger. That show was it's, it's still better than Jaka, where they just jump into capsules and somehow magically turn into cyborgs. Yeah. Well, and you know what? The funny thing is, you know what was the first one to kind of you know start a lot of the the things that we now more closely associate with this? Spider Man. Japanese Spider Man. So Spider Man. Yes. Spider Man. I really I wish a copy they, would, of that. they would put that on Disney Plus. Yes, uh, that'd be it so It was awesome. on Marvel.com for a hot second. Yeah, and I watched a lot of it when it was there, but I yeah. never finished it. Yeah. So. Oh, but man. Now, what's kind of funny is you can't... We, it, go Ranger, the very first Super Sentai, it, the show is not available, but you can go and get the manga right now. The manga just got published in the United States really? for the first time. Interesting. Just, just a few months ago. I got a copy for Christmas. All right. Nice. Very cool. All right. So we we all have our connection with it. Um, we all have a love for both these properties. When we heard that Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came out, was coming out. <laughs> what were like? What were your expectations? Because I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I want to come all first. I I was worried about this. I've not read a Power Rangers comic book since the early '90s. Back when, for whatever reason, every time they drew Power Rangers, they're their uh their power coins were for some reason spray painted on their chest that's did understand that as a kid that annoyed the me movie. as a kid they did that in the yeah. movie i it didn't make sense well i mean that's how the original action figures over here in america look too yeah that, the, the action figures look uh, that way it never made sense to me my theory is that I it's blame Saban for that well yeah well my theory is that <laughs> it's Saban, i mean yeah my theory is that that has to do with the fact that we as Americans are used to seeing superhero logos on their chests. Yeah. I mean, but the colors were enough. That. We were, we all grew up with, uh, with Ninja Turtles. We're fine with identifying things by color. So, you grew up with Ninja Turtles. That was the weird one. My parents wouldn't let me watch. Really? <laughs> they let That's... me watch Power Rangers. I don't get it. <laughs> I think maybe, I think by the time Power Rangers came out, they gave up trying to keep me away from these things. <laughs> Probably. So, but um, but I was nervous because again, Nathan and I we talked a little bit pre-show. I, I the first comics I've read were very cut and dry. You know, they were they were the creature of the week, but even mm -hmm. more basic and mm -hmm. goofy. Yeah, yeah. And, it was published um, by Marvel initially. I think. I think so. I, well, think I know so. Marvel published some. The Image did some, and ooh, baby, I've seen the the uh, the Image Power Ranger comics, and it definitely looks like '90s Image. I kind of <laughs> want to read it now that you say that. So. I think I had some of the Marvel ones back in the day, but I uh -huh. lost those a long time you can, ago. Uh, there's two volumes of what's called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Archive that collects mm -hmm. almost all of these in there, and I have one of them. No kidding. Mm -hmm. It so. covers – it's published by Boom, and it covers everything from the first Power Ranger comics published by – I think it's Marvel – all the way to the earliest ones published by Boom. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I'll check it out again. I, uh, I, I was nervous. Just putting it out there. I was completely nervous. Now, when I realized IDW was doing this, I have hopes. I like IDW. I think they put out some interesting, great content every so often. 
so my going into this, I was excited but nervous at the same time because again, I haven't read much. I heard that the Battle for the Grid story arc, the, 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 I think Shattered the Grid. Shattered Grid. Thank Battle you so for much. the Grid Battle was the, the video grid. game based on it. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, Battle for the Grid is the video game. But I heard Shattered, Shattered Grid was amazing. So Shattered Grid is pretty uh, good. I I read good, that. Yeah. I read that about a year or so ago. The it's yeah. It I, I features... haven't quite. I haven't quite got up to Shattered Grid. I'm still before that on those comics because I've just mm-hmm. been reading slowly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That famously featured Lord Draken, who yeah. is an alter, an evil alternate universe Tommy Oliver. Right. And there was a commercial, I think, for Shattered Grid where they actually got uh, Jason David Frank him to yeah. play Draken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's uh, all over that property, man. He, he loves and, that. Uh, in case anyone doesn't know, Jason David Frank is a believer. He is. Mm-hmm. He is indeed. And, and he's down he in Houston, is. so he's not really that far from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, actu- he's actually he's actually going to he's actually going to be at Indiana Comic Con next month, and I may have to make a trip down there. But Do it. yeah, it, in fact, he has a dojo that teaches MMA, and it's called Jesus Didn't Tap. Yeah, he has a whole clothing line for MMA fighters called Jesus Didn't Tap. And uh, actually, years ago, uh, a, a rapper named K Drama, who's a Christian rapper, wrote a song based on that on that tagline about Jesus mm-hmm. didn't didn't tap. So, Drew, how about you, man? What were your expectations when you heard that this book was coming out? What was your expectations of it? I'll admit I have not prior to this read a Godzilla comic, so on that end, I did not know how that was going to go. But I had read the Boom Studios a part of the boom studios comic. So I knew the writing could be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the art for those are pretty, were pretty decent too. Uh, from what I remembered, but, but the big thing was, is I, the fact that this is the first time to my knowledge that we actually have power Rangers and Godzilla in the same property. I was excited when I first saw it and also weary because I know how, crossovers can go if they're not done right Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm looking at you star trek doctor who assimilation squared Uh, i I have that that on my kindle actually Uh, i've got issues it was rough it was not what i was hoping but (laughs) we'll see uh but uh i i remember looking forward to this one and then somehow until like a month ago i forgot about it was coming I even went and looked and tried to see if I could find a place local to here where I could pick it up. But unfortunately, I don't even know if my comic book shop, my local comic book shop is even open. So I did have to read this on Comixology. Right. So I did. I, I downloaded you. it this morning. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded it an hour before we recorded because my comic book shop showed the last sold the last issue uh, this morning. So. Nice. And then he yeah, called and, to and, you. and then he texted me and said, "Hey, you want to come on my podcast to talk about it?" Oh, no, it wasn't that. It was like, "Did you get the Power Ranger Godzilla crossover coming?" I said, "Got it day one." It's like, "You want to come on the my podcast to talk about it?" Sure, I got nothing better to do. <laughs> For some reason, like when I when I first when I heard about this or when I got it, I was like, "I need to get you two guys together and we'll talk about it." So, all right. So, what was your expectations? Since you got it day one, what were your expectations, Nathan? Well, it was a big deal in the Godzilla and Tokusatsu community, kaiju community, when it was announced. People didn't think it was real at first. <laughs> I know. I thought it was a rumor when I first we heard it. I was like, there's no way that this is real. There's no way. This, yeah. is, this is insane fan fiction. What is this? Come on. Exactly. The first no art way. looked like really good yeah, fan so art. So, for about the there. first day after it was announced, everyone 
either it was either just jumping on board or they didn't believe it. Even I went and did a little bit of digging. It was like, okay, who said this? I have to make sure this is real. It's not April first, is it? I, <laughs> that's so because <laughs> I'm just like the the what's the word I'm looking for? The you know just the legal hoops that you have to jump yeah. through this is a licensing potentially a licensing nightmare <laughs> you know toho and toei and hasbro and idw yeah. and <laughs> boom studios it's just like so much just red tape but after about a day we after digging around turned out yes this is real it is happening and then to a certain extent i thought well it just makes sense it, why yeah. didn't this happen sooner and yeah. you know uh, so there you was that initial legality. just there was that initial excitement of oh my gosh this actually happened then i also kept thinking it's like this is falls under the purview of all of my podcasts <laughs> and almost all of my friends podcasts we're gonna have to do like an or like an end game style crossover now aren't we where we just <laughs> all get together to talk about this when it's all said and done it is that's yeah we're still gonna see if we can make that happen it'll just be like this massive round table with like everybody <laughs> in, in in my circle talking right. about this but i will and then i once i knew it was it was available for pre-order. I did get a hold of because I you know, hashtag for the podcast. That's been one of my catchphrases the last few <laughs> months. I got a hold of my local comic shop and I said, hey, can you put this aside for me? And they said, yep. So that's how I was able to get it day one. Now, I will say after the initial excitement of the announcement wore off. Mm -hmm. You know, after that, you know, that little honeymoon period, I did, did start things like, hold on a second. There's this is I this is going to go one of two ways in my experience when you're dealing with massive crossovers like this. It's either mm -hmm. going to lean so hard into the gimmick that there's not a whole lot there. It just mm -hmm. ends up basically being cotton candy. It's sweet, you know, it, it, it's nice but it's empty. Or they're actually going to lean into things from each franchise and figure out how to utilize them in such a way that it becomes interesting. Case in point, right. similar to this, I don't know if either of you have read this, but the Justice League Power Rangers crossover, if either of you read that. I didn't know I that haven't. happened. Yeah, it happened. I have the book. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's on Amazon. You can get it. And that one, I got it. And I was actually pretty impressed because... It did feel a little bit more like a Power Ranger story than Justice League, but they made mm -hmm. pretty effective use of the Justice League being in there. And nice. you get to see Lord Zed and Brainiac team up. And so that's kind of exciting. And it's Brainiac, like full tilt, ridiculous comic book Brainiac with the skull ship. Right. <laughs> You know, okay. <laughs> so which yeah, looks like it could have been in Power Rangers, except he did it first. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that ended up turning out pretty well. So I was willing to go into it with an open mind and see what's going to happen. If nothing else, like I said, I'm basically committed to get all of these issues because hashtag for the podcast. Right. <laughs> Love it. Love I was it. tempted to pre-order the, the graphic novel collection of these by the end yeah. of it. So I, I am too, to be perfectly honest. I'm um, especially after reading this first issue, I was like, okay, but 
we're, we're going to get into the conversation like about what the issue is here after our commercial break. Uh, we're going to, you guys are going to hear from, from one of our other members of culture box, which is a network of podcasters and creators who, um, we bring mm-hmm. together art and geek culture and everything else together. So, um, I'm terrible with the promo of it, uh, <laughs> but you're going to hear from one of our, our, fellow network members here just a second we'll come back uh drew nathan and i we're gonna be talking about the actual book we're finally getting to it and what are our thoughts on it about the art and about the story and uh, whether or not we recommend it or not so see you guys on the flip side this podcast is a proud member of culture box Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. All right, so what we like to do here on the Retro Rewind Podcast is at the end of our likes section, we do our classic makers, the things that we loved most about the movies we cover. I'll start us off, then we'll go to Paul. The thing I loved most about The Princess Bride was probably the the dueling sword scene between Inigo and uh, and, and uh, Dread Pirate Roberts, Wesley. That's just such a great sword fight scene. I love that they use the actual fencing, like terminology and techniques. And yeah. the, the only little quibble I have is when Wesley oh, does his... Perfect spinning his best sword fight scene ever yes but when wesley does his gymnastics high bar routine and lands, you can see the 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 pillow bag or the the mat puff up with the dust you see the outline of it so it's not perfect but that is that is my favorite part about princess bride how about you paul I my favorite thing about the Princess Bride is the movie The Princess Bride. I just love that it exists. I love the story. I love the characters. I love the cast. I I love the interaction. It's it's just a great. It's one of my top favorite films of all time. So I like but, the whole movie. Paul, how can that be yeah. your top movie when as good as that sword fight is between Wesley and uh, and Inigo? I feel like the one between Inigo and the Six Finger Man should be even more epic, and it's sort of like isn't no, isn't no. as good. He's not better. No, that it, it will be less because Wesley's better, so therefore that fight would be better. All right, fine. You know what? All right, well, I guess. But now we do have to talk about. Oh, darn it, I always do this. How come I cannot remember one more thing I liked? Calm Talk by Geek Devotions. You're listening to it right now. All right, and we are back. I hope you guys check out those individuals that we just promote here. Um, all the links are down below, which, by the way, I'm going to put this out there. I want If you get through this podcast and you don't subscribe to the Cellcast, um, you need to leave and immediately go to subscribe to the Cellcast. If you don't subscribe to uh, Power Trip, Henshin Men, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, I'm sorry, Monster Island <laughs> Film Folks. <laughs> Then you need to go do that right now. <laughs> go, go check it out. I did so, have an MST3K style episode once. <laughs> you did. You did. So I bet that uh, was but, a headache to edit too. <laughs> don't get me started. I learned a lot about how to edit an episode like that. So it's 
I plan on doing it again, but only on special occasions, and I'm definitely going about it differently. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the links are down below for you guys. But let's get into the conversation about this actual comic book that we found, or that's coming out as we go. I'm going to read real quick the Amazon description of it. Uh, it says, from IDW Publishing and Boom Studios, two titanic powers collide in a cross-company collaboration event that you never expected. But many complete sense... Uh, but makes complete sense when Rita Repulsa uses an ancient artifact to transport herself to a universe without Power Rangers. She finds herself on a world with aliens, kaiju, and Godzilla. Hoping to annihilate this new foe, Rita hurls her own terrible creatures into battle, but she never expected expects that the Power Rangers have followed her to this alternate reality now. The Dinozords themselves are going head-to-head with the king of the monsters. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it's, it sounds exciting. Bum, it sounds bum, exciting. Bum. Some of that has yet to happen in this first issue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this is written by uh, Colin uh, Bunn, who has worked with several things over the years. But he is an experienced Godzilla writer. He wrote uh, Godzilla Cataclysm, which mm-hmm. I have not read that yet. Had you mm-hmm. read that? I haven't read Cataclysm yet, but I hear a lot of good stuff about it. Yeah, okay. So, um, can't talk much about that, but um, I will say this. The writing in this, at least in this first issue, uh, and we talked about this a little bit off air, that it it just seems very... uh, He's playing to the type, the stereotypes of everything so far with the writing, Mm -hmm. uh, which I feel like that writing-wise, it's it's a good introduction to the world. What do you guys think about the writing so far? Here's the thing. And depending on how you feel about this, you might see this as the author trusting the audience, or you might see it as assuming too much. And let me tell you, as a writer myself and as someone who has one of his day jobs is teaching English at a university as an adjunct instructor, you can't assume too much, uh, too much knowledge on your audience unless yeah. you know for sure that they're going to know this. And when you read this comic, it basically just jumps into things and assumes you know exactly what the Power Rangers and who uh, who the Power Rangers and Godzilla are. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a little presumptive because I can tell you, and as weird as this sounds, there isn't as much crossover between these two fan bases as you would think there would be. Hmm. In fact, there's even a little bit of animosity between the two of them. It's really Really? strange. Yeah, the kaiju fans don't typically go for the tokusatsu superheroes, except they kind of let Ultraman in, but that's only because Ultraman has some connections to Godzilla because the creator of Ultraman worked on Godzilla films back in the day. So he kind of gets let in, but for the most part, they kind of stay in their own separate camps. It's really bizarre. Same thing with tokusatsu and anime fans. It's odd. You would think there'd be a lot of crossover. Yeah, Yeah, Not Mm. everybody is like us, where they right. they have an interest in both. So for people like us who are familiar with both franchises, this wasn't an issue. But I right. do think it was a little bit of a mistake. And even though there's decent context clues in here to kind of give you the absolute bare minimum to understand what's going on, I keep thinking back to older comic books that would do crossovers like this, where there would be at least a little bit of explanation for what's going for the characters and what's going on even if it's just the Mm -hmm. bare minimum to understand what we're dealing with here and i feel like 
that was it's been a while since I read it, but I feel like that was true of the Power Rangers and Justice League crossover where oh. there was still a little bit of a they still gave some explanation for those two sets of characters because they had never met each other like who the heck are you and things like that and that's at that point we're talking about the justice league which has some of the most iconic and noteworthy culturally ubiquitous superheroes ever like you need right. to explain that but they still from what i can remember took the time to let you to make sure that you at least had a basic understanding of who they were right so I feel like that might have been a little bit of a mistake, but it allowed them just just hit the ground running at 100 miles an hour because as soon as they it really starts, did. They it's really, just like I, <laughs> within yeah, like I, three pages, <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I can see where you're coming from with that. Like I even like I'm familiar, pretty familiar with both of uh, both of these genres. The um the like when I got to the first panel where they're first in the world and you first see Godzilla fighting another kaiju. I recognize Godzilla. I recognize all the other characters in the book, uh, from the Zillions to to mm -hmm. Rita Repulsa to Scorpiona, and like I like the. Did you recognize the, the Did you recognize the monster Godzilla was fighting? That was my problem. I didn't recognize him. That was the only thing I did not recognize at first. You who should have known you know? who he was. Educate I me, bro. I will unleash Megalon. <laughs> oh, that's Megalon. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 Dallas, I'll admit the only reason I knew that was Megalon is because I was curious and looked it up on uh, Godzilla Wiki. Right. Because <laughs> I was like, I know, I, I should know wow. who this is. Wow, I truly <laughs> I am the Godzilla nerd here because I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really are, man. That's why you're here. But like for me, like I like he looked familiar. I just didn't know who he was. Like I got the Zillions because they come from one of my favorite Godzilla movies. But for those who um, don't know, by the way, the Zillions are a race of aliens who appeared in Monster Zero, which also gets titled Invasion of Astro Monster. And you know they were the alien invaders in that right. film they're actually my yeah. my favorite set of aliens from the godzilla films right yeah so i would agree with that too yeah that that was probably one of my favorite ones uh out of that whole era to be perfectly honest yeah um, monster zero was fantastic oh yeah but the writing of this like everything for the most part the majority of the writing um it felt like it felt natural to the characters to say there are a few things that the way things that they had go godar said goldar saying that i was kind of like this doesn't feel like Goldar and like I'm hearing their voices like because I watch it so much I hear Goldar I hear Rita Repulsa um, and so I'm hearing these things and there are a few times that Goldar says a few things I'm like I just don't know if that's how that character would say things it's funny that you say that because when I was reading it I'm like this guy has a pretty good handle on what power like mighty Morphin power ranger dialogue right. is right mm -hmm. particularly for the villains so yeah it, it seems right to me but you know I <laughs> to each their own i guess but right uh, I, mean, I mean i can see perhaps the goldar from the show talking like this i just don't know if it's that's the same type if i don't remember if goldar talks like that in the boom studios comic which is in my mind what that's got that what universe the power rangers have to be coming from mm -hmm. I, don't I don't know that for certain that, that's a good question is like, is this supposed to be in canon or not with either the in idw canon are we talking about or I have no idea. Because you've got the show canon, you've got two different comic canons that are current right now between Power Rangers and Go Go Power Rangers. <laughs> so no, I think I think those are both the same canon. 
But no, they are two different two different universes. Really, they had to do a crossover where they taught where they actually uh, fought together at one point. Oh, but okay. During, I think because I, I think one is meant to be two different universes technically. Yeah, because I think one of them is. I know one of them is an, supposed to be an extension of the television universe because they deal with a they do a lot of follow up with things from the television universe, and then Boom Studios has its own continuity. Right. Yeah. So. I think Go Go Power Rangers is the one that's just the follow up, but even even then, it's they they both place it in the modern day, not in the nineties. So, mm-hmm. also that's the other thing is like this is like the writing of this. This is all nineties the way that it's written out, like the, the vernacular of everybody. Like it's it's a modern day comic. This is not like this is not nineteen ninety six. Yeah, anymore. So. Now, the art was done by a guy named Freddie Williams, who um, I'm familiar with him simply because I read the Batman uh, T crossover uh, several years ago. Uh, he's also has experience of, of drawing He-Man Thundercats. There was a crossover between those two. <laughs> yeah, I, that's one I wanted to get, but didn't. <laughs> no, yeah. So the, the art was, it's an interesting art. It feels like this crossover of modern Americanism with some anime aspects to it. He actually is known for doing what they called hybrid art, where he will do um he'll do a wireframe digitally of everything and then he prints everything out and he uses um like brushes and, and quills and pens to to ink everything so there's a more of a um what's more like there's there's a texture to the art that he yeah. does. it's not just purely yeah. digital yeah i was talking with my friend danny demana who runs the godzilla novelization project about that and he actually said he really liked this art style because it, you can kind of see the the seams and the edges a little bit, you know, kind of like uh, seeing us. He, he put it it's like it's like looking at a sculpture and seeing of some of the fingerprints from the sculptor still left yeah. on it. It seems it's it still has the tiniest of imperfections, so that it's still you can see it look a little processed, I guess. Yeah. And he thought it was nice, and for me, the, I was like, the artwork's fine. I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't flip out over the artwork. I was like, yeah, it does the job. Everything looks nice. Characters are on right. point yeah. and you know, the it feels organic. It does. Like the it does feel very organic. organic. It, it feel, it's not flat. It's very dynamic. In my yeah. opinion, it um, gives a very good idea of size between the human characters and the Godzilla and dragon Zord. Right. And Megalon for that matter. Right. Now, Drew, you're, you're again, being the animation expert here in the in-house, you, uh, you're, you have an eye for the art. What was your thoughts on the art? The art I thought was very good, especially when you're ad- talking about adapting uh, what are essentially live action characters to a to this type of environment where you can still tell who the characters are, even though you know they can't exactly draw the same people. The right. biggest issue, and this is a weird one for me to, to, to go into, admittedly, but the shot of the original team unmorphed in the command center. Yes. And you can tell all of those, all five of those kids are, are probably more buff than they were on the show. <laughs> Dude, I was going to say that like Zach has some games. Like, uh, Dude, guys, guys, you, you think they that is like Greek gods for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read comic books? Teenage superheroes look like this. I've seen power rate. I uh, I know, but we're talking about... Don't make me go get the uh, the, uh, my uh, my archive and show you the artwork in that image that Zio image comic. You want nuts? (laughs) I'm I'm aware of this. It's just preferentially, right? I I I can I can live with them being that sculpted 
morphed. That makes mm-hmm. sense to me. But unmorphed, uh, it, it just felt like they were all wearing skin tight clothing on top of a very sculpted, perfect bodies. And that's what threw me off. Yes. Especially since they're supposed to be wearing their civilian clothes. Right. So I mean, that's that threw me off there. Like uh, Zordon, everyone else, I thought matched. Zordon even looks like he's chiseled. It's just a floating head. Yeah, I mean, he should at least look a little blurry, right? I mean, now, I like the I, way I, he I don't did want the exact uh, VHS edits they did on David Fielding back in the original show, but I mean, he <laughs> should at least look a little like incorporeal instead of just a chiseled head floating in a tube, right? <laughs> I've read some Boom Studios comics where you actually see a a, a, the ethereal body of Zordon. Oh yeah, that's there too, and that's something I haven't liked about those. But I can kind (laughs) of work with it for some reason. So one of the things I point about the art is I've read a few Godzilla comics, and sometimes the way they draw them out because there's there's so much texture to Godzilla, uh, which again is it's a prominent aspect of who he is is the texture Mm -hmm. of the body. But sometimes things get lost and it's really dark. I felt like it wasn't that bad in this. Like I feel like like I saw him clearly, but there was still a lot of texture to who he was, even in the, some of the darker scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's one nice thing about this comic is that they do at least try to look like uh, present it in like it's an overclouded day, not a bright sunny day, obviously. But right, so many times, uh. Like I'm thinking back to like the 2014 Godzilla movie where they had the fight take place pretty much in the dark, so you couldn't see what on earth was happening if you oh, don't have a high <laughs> contrast screen. Uh, the, uh, on home media in the theater, yeah, and it I, looked fine. I, and I'll grant you that was true also of King of the Monsters, but it I only saw the, both of those in theater one time. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time I watch it at home where I have my 4K screen with a window like right next to it. <laughs> I, did up hear, my I did hear that this helps you feel better, Joe, that and I don't know for a fact, but I heard that the, um, the 4k edition that came out some time ago, it's, yeah. they made it brighter so you can see it better. I, I have to look into that, but I mean, I do like how much like the Showa era movies, this feels like it's like daytime not yeah. middle of the night you can see what's going on even mm-hmm. though it's still just still yeah, pictures but it's still a gray cloudy day because yeah and I appreciate the th- it, which i think it, it gives the, the feeling of darkness without being you know like yeah. pitch black well and I, yeah, I, totally. I think that's meant to fit the mood of what's happening here because this yeah. is this is an alternate universe story where rita as you mentioned in the synopsis rita is traveling to where she think uh, to a universe where there are no power rangers so she'll conquer that one only to find out godzilla's there and you know if there's one thing <laughs> that's worse for magic yeah, and if there's we all know if there's one thing worse than the power rangers when you want to conquer the world it's godzilla so, <laughs> <laughs> well, so not to mention other kaiju uh, yeah right yeah so but when they arrive it's in angel grove so it's godzilla and angel grove but it's not quote unquote our angel grove and angel grove's already been leveled the implication being yes. that all of these kaiju who are being controlled in some manner by the zillions are they've already leveled angel grove and all of their fighting i'm curious right. to find out if what's going on outside of angel grove because we really don't know right because yeah. i'm curious how apocalyptic this really is <laughs> Although the it, zillions make it clear that Godzilla is stopping all their efforts. <laughs> right. But right. at the same time, it's very clear that Angel Grove is gone at this point. Yeah. Yeah. 
so let me ask you guys this like because this is this is one of the things that like as i'm reading it i i legitimately had to ask the question where the crap did the dragon sword come from okay this is another one of the story elements that they're either going to have to explain later or they're just going to just not say anything and just expect you to go along with it because mm-hmm. this is a potential plot hole now i've heard some people who try to no prize it but it doesn't quite work and it's really only the dragon sword that's the issue because we now can you can you define for this no issue but we it's very hinted at next issue we're going to have the full mega the regular mega yeah, yeah, yeah. but i can believe that's that five uh, robots yeah, over there i can believe since they were sent there by zordon that zordon will just send right. the zords but we don't know how the dragon sword got there right and here's but and here's the thing. This could be a case of they're taking a cue from anime and manga. This is how mm-hmm. I'm kind of no prizing it right now, but I could be proven wrong later. Where and this is why the, no, the hey, issue hey, Nathan, before you do that, what define no prize for for the oh, audience. Oh, okay. No prize. Sorry. No prize is a it's a little bit of a Marvel Comics well, it's kind of a Marvel Comics in joke. It was something that Stan Lee would do back in the day where if one of the readers caught a continuity error in the comics, that they would then write and say, well, here's how we could explain it away. And Stan Lee would send them a little certificate that said, you have won the no prize. (laughs) So that's the joke. So sorry about that. But uh, so my the way I'm no prizing is that I think they could be taking a cue from anime and manga which is why this issue starts as fast as it does, because a lot of Japanese storytelling, particularly with stuff like that, that's more long form is in the first episode, they just throw you into the middle of everything. So you Mm -hmm. might be a little confused and discombobulated. And then in issue two, chapter two, episode two, then they stop and explain everything that you just saw. (laughs) So it could be a case of that. So maybe in issue two, they'll say, well, this is why the dragon zords there. Gotcha. Or something like that. And then oh, theory, you, know, you see these sorry, characters, you see you see these characters, you see these monsters. This is who they are. Right. Yeah. My theory is the reason he was able to call the Dragon Zord in is because perhaps maybe he can be, because he is still in Angel Grove, maybe because we knew no, we're in a different universe. Maybe the, the the barrier between the universes is thin enough that the Dragon Zord could respond to his call and come straight through there exactly mm-hmm. where he needed to be. And that's why Zordon was able to figure out eventually how to send the rest of the Rangers there and their dinosaurs later. Yeah. Right. That's I've my also, uh, I've also heard my friend, Michael Hamilton, my co-host on power trip has theorized that maybe it's, it's the dragon Zord that's in that universe. But my counter to that is that is, but they said that there are no power Rangers in this universe. Yeah, I was like, if, but that doesn't mean the no dragon Sword Ranger- can be there. Yeah, if there are no Power Rangers, how are there Zords? Yeah. Well, it could also it's be a world where... It's all part of the same power set. Well, it could also be a world where the these Power Rangers never... Like, re, there was a... Uh, they ended it for some reason. Like, there was a Power Rangers at one point in time, but they they died off or whatever happened, happened. I, I suppose um, it's possible that maybe there were Rangers in this universe, but the Zillions and the monsters killed them? But then who would the would the Power Rangers of that universe be fighting the Kaiju and the Zillions? Because they make it yeah, pretty know. obvious that Rita is there's not a Rita in this universe. Yeah, right. like Bringing I said. Yeah, like I said. So it it it, 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 it to quote Bruce Wayne from Batman Forever, it just raises too many questions. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, oh, hopefully well, I have a feeling bef- I have a feeling before the end of this 
five issue series, we'll know we'll have at least a better idea of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I would hope so. Yeah, I because just so. adhering, just tr- my fear is that they're just going to use and as much as I know we all love it, that they're just going to use Power Ranger logic and just say nothing <laughs> and just expect you to go along with it. Right. <laughs> Which can you can only do so many times before it becomes far too cumbersome. <laughs> yeah. I, totally. I wonder how much they're leaning on that multiversal gem that Rita found is of explaining mm. everything. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, it's just issue one. We don't know. Yeah. Issue two and, uh, you know, the next four, because it's going to be a five, five issue miniseries. A lot of things could happen or it's just going to be, you know, a hundred pages of fan service. (laughs) I'm not against that either, but I kind of want more. That's what I was saying. I'm hoping it is more. I don't want fan service. And that I mean, was, something and, like this could be could be like chicken fried steak. It could be really good and meaty, but still have you know all the fanservice who like. Or it could just be a lot of bread, right? And yeah. not much meat. Yeah, Dang, I want to eat some chicken the, fried steak now. And that's the and that's the thing. When I was reading this, because I, I went into it, you know, it, I, I talked about the initial excitement, but then I went I went into it with a little bit more tempered. And when I read the thing. I, this first issue in particular did seem like it was leaning hard into the gimmick. It's like, guess what, guys? Yeah. It's Power Rangers and Godzilla, and they're together, and it's real. And oh, look at this! Look at this! Ooh. Oh, they're waving I, the keys, and you know, yeah. I get the feeling this was. You know, it's like, look at the keys! Look at the keys! I get the feeling this was the adaptation of the pitch, and then they have to write the story later. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So, right. I, and you know, in, there, I'm not saying that there weren't things that were as exciting. It was exciting seeing Dragonzord and Godzilla. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, it's real. The toys, totally. the, what we did with our toys yes. growing up, it's real. And seeing the c- controller of Planet X, X. meet uh, meet Rita, who is the polar opposite of the controller in every way. And just hearing them kind of exchange, she's like, oh, you don't make your monsters. You summon them. Yeah, that's. And then you don't dominate them. (laughs) You know, it was a little sad sad that the moon crew kind of owns the zillions a little bit there until the controller (laughs) shows up and says, stop what you are doing. (laughs) I would say this. I thought it was kind of cool that when Rita tried to take over Godzilla and he just was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, that is a lo- well, I can't say that's always a longstanding thing. In modern times, that's a longstanding thing where Godzilla is apparently too stubborn to mind control. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Say, destroy all monsters kind of proves that wrong, but yes. yeah. Yes. That's the one time. The one time. <laughs> well, let's wrap this up. What are our... Are you guys excited about the rest of the story? Are you just kind of like, eh, if it comes out, I'll grab it. Or are you guys are you guys invested in this yet? I know. Like, I went ahead and subscribed to it on Comicsology, so at least it'll give me a notification next time it comes out. Because I'm actually interested in finishing this. See yeah. where it goes. Yeah. Uh, see if I if we bite into meats here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Right. in the next issue or so mm-hmm. yeah i'm going along with it because i'm kind of locked in, like I said, because hashtag for the podcast, but. I got enough in this first issue that I'm willing to continue with it, but I'm trying to temper my expectations. I don't want to blow this up in my head where I'm like, this has to be the greatest, the greatest thing ever. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't want to 
make more of it than it really is at this totally. point. And I don't want to just fall in love with the fan service. That is, it is far too easy to do that. Sometimes it's, it's easy to get distracted by that. And I'm sure honestly that there's probably going to be fans out there of both franchises that are, are going to get distracted by the, the flash of it, the pizzazz yeah. of it. And they won't realize that, the emperor has no clothes <laughs> to, yeah. you know, to use a funny <laughs> metaphor there. So I, I want it to be more than fan service, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see at this point. It's just issue one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I want it to be more than fan service. I enjoyed what I read. It was fun. Again, I liked the writing of it. I thought it was a fun story so far. It does throw you right in there and it leaves you on a climactic portion Knowing who the zillions are, I, I enjoyed that. I can see people who don't know this stuff being kind of thrown off a little bit. Like if you're a hardcore Godzilla fan, but you don't know much about Power Rangers, that first like five or six pages, you're gonna be like, who are these people? What's going on? Mm -hmm. um, I'm intrigued to see this continue on. I'm trying to decide, like I'm not, I'm not doing any, this is not for geek devotions necessarily where I'm going to collect this and I'm going to do a big event about this. But I think I would continue reading this. Like now that I've read the first one, I think though on the front end, I might've waited for the graphic novel to come out. So I get the whole story, but I'm intrigued. I want to finish the story. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, if you guys have read the story, uh, let us know your thoughts. If you haven't, have 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 we ruined it for you but are you intrigued to check <laughs> yeah, it we out we should have gave a spoiler warning at the start of this <laughs> right but are you intrigued to maybe check out this first issue and the ones that are coming afterwards let, let us know reach out to us and let us know your thoughts um nathan how can people find you uh, you can find me in all kinds of places obviously we mentioned all the podcasts monster island film vault henshin men the power trip subscribe to all of those the the film vault has a website monster island film vault.com i uh, and all of these podcasts have twitter accounts that you can subscribe to the the film vault has several <laughs> twitter accounts <laughs> because all the characters keep getting twitter accounts well, give me give me one. Give me the primary. Uh, uh, Jimmy, you gotta you gotta follow Jimmy from NASA, my <laughs> intrepid producer on the Monster Island Film Vault, who miraculously survived the infamous war in space, but he won't tell me how. <laughs> and we got so close to finding that out too, but he just couldn't pin it down. No, nope, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Funny thing is, what a lot of people don't realize is that Jimmy is actually a legacy character. <laughs> He's from an obscure Toho movie that, called The War in Space. And it was Toho trying to make Star Wars, which was hilarious. But <laughs> yeah. and, that and was he's trip. also he's also Kenny. Yeah, so. Kenny, yes. He, uh, uh, that part got made up later. But <laughs> it was a gamma. Well, the crazy thing is, I'm not the only guy who had that theory. Nice. <laughs> I mean, there's one other fella that I heard on a podcast who had the same theory. I'm like, how did that happen? Anyway, that's awesome. So now there's that. I'm also like alike. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also the, I'm also a writer that's been talked about because I write for Kaiju Ramen. You should check out Kaiju Ramen that uh, Kaiju Ramen Media com I, I write for their website i write for the magazine and uh i'm I, uh, when i'm not podcasting which seems 
hardly ever at this point. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm also a writer, so I've got books under my name, fiction, fiction and nonfiction. And in fact, actually, uh, my, our friend Eric Anderson and I do nerd and geek devotions called 42. That's the name of the series. And actually in our newest one, the Fantastic 42, which you guys have been kind enough to promote and review for us. We actually yeah. have an entry. It wasn't written by Eric or I. We had several guest writers and it's about Tommy Oliver and Green with Evil. So uh, nice. there's, there's a connection for you right there. And I've written some in each one of those, which is three of them now, and I've written something about Godzilla in each one of them. So nice yeah so there's also some connection there and so uh, you can check out my author website it's uh, nathanjsmarchand.com yes i have two middle initials and two middle names and i had to use both <laughs> of them because nathanmarchand.com was already taken i'm gonna find that guy and i'm gonna throw him into this bizarre little universe <sighs> i want that domain name man anyway Geek devotions does not promote violence <laughs> <laughs> drew how can we find you otherwise <laughs> Drew, how can we find you? Uh, the Cellcast podcast. You can find that on pretty much any podcast directory. You can go look for it. We review animated movies and TV shows. Yes, we do still do TV shows. Yes, I'm behind. It's been busy. <laughs> we got plenty of Tangled series to left to do. But uh, we're in our fourth season right now. We just introduced a, fic a, a new character on the show. Hmm. So, uh, well, like about three months ago but anyway uh also i stream on the cellcast gaming switch channel uh different games on saturdays and mondays so join me then other than that that's all i got very cool well hey guys thank you so much for taking time to listen to com talk we appreciate you guys taking the time to be part of our community we invite you to check out com talk uh not just com talk but our, all the aspects of geek devotions uh visit geekdevotions.com for your links to um our podcast our sister podcast the bottom shelf uh, we have a special new podcast coming out soon. Uh, just a little quick tease for you guys. You guys that are, those of you who are book nerds may really want to check out. Um, but also uh, check out all of our stuff on YouTube and Instagram, Facebook. Just look for Geek Devotions. We try very hard to make life easy for you guys to find our content. So just look for Geek Devotions. Um, all that being said, until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love. Love and peace.